Hey everybody, this is Dave. A quick note about this episode. At the beginning and the end, for about a minute and a half each, my microphone starts to kind of freak out and it pops a bit. So apologies for that. When we recorded, I was in the middle of moving my apartment, so we had cobbled together the gear that I hadn't packed up. And so, yep, sorry, doesn't last too long, just wanted to give you a heads up. With that in mind, please enjoy the episode. We'd like to thank the following Patreon donors. M. Neville, Ken Doyle, Modrigan, Luke Trim, Leona Coffin, Saren Kai, Warren Cummings, David Roberts, and Dylan Sinan. Thank you for helping us keep the peace and investigate these troubling events. I've come for you! <laughs> to, to protect you! <laughs> there aren't a lot of people, armed guards or adventurers, should we have the coin, which we do not, to call upon. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Katrick um, kind of uh, leans forward and says, in the voice of a small child, friends? I don't want to hear about any sort of um, thank you so much, adventurers, please have my goat sort of situations. What do I do with a goat? I don't know, but sometimes that we get goats. Tell me about... Jaren. Now, I'm not the where he was born, etc. Anything strange that has happened in the last couple of days, anything that weird that he has been doing, anything at all. Freaking best. Yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go frig yourself. Yeah. Frig yourself. God. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am Dave. Welcome to Fanable.com actual play podcast. I am Dave and I've already screwed up the intro because yeah. we were talking about a movie just now. Mm. I am joined with Daniel and Jesus. Hey, lovely, sexy creatures. Say hello. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Yeah. And we are here to play, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but, well, let me put it this way. I'm not the GM. I'm not the storyteller. I am your dragon daddy, Dave. We are playing Dungeons and Dragons. Woo. Yes. Can I be the dungeon and then, what, dance the dragon in this case, or? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think Dan, so. get inside me. Yeah, no, I'm my way. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to light all of those candles and torches. Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep. I was very tempted to have, to do this game and just be, have you guys be the people who maintain dungeons? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at it, I was like, yeah, but like. Although if they're, cut that up because that sounds like a great idea for an RPG. Well, here's the thing. There there are games where you can do stuff like uh, okay, that. No, you know, like jokey games. Uh, okay. And I was like, no, if they're going to play D&D, they want to play D&D. Like, that's fine. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, we are playing a real quick game of D&D because I volunteered to uh, run this. I'm currently moving apartments and we are recording at the dilapidated remnants of where I'm moving out from. Uh, we had the space and we had a loud ass you know, motorcycle-laden street behind us. Mm-hmm. So why not record? And then, of course, I packed up everything but the D&D book, so here we are. Fair enough. All right. So, gentlemen, we are playing in the world of Ferun, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be uh, like my last D&D campaign, which... Uh, listeners, if you're not familiar with it, you can go back and find it on fanable.com or wherever you play uh, find podcasts. Uh, I ran a game that took place in Faerun just after the war with uh, Netheril. And this setting is at the same timeline. Netheril has been defeated. Uh, Cormir, the country that you find yourselves in, is the ultimate victor. They are the, the most powerful, having helped an organization of countries to fight off uh, Netheril. And it is very much post-war. 
and the grievous scars that the war has carved into every country are laid bare. Is that a truck? What is it's that? a bus. Oh, okay. And because of that, Cormier's, um, Cormier has expended a lot of its resources, both uh, logistical and natural. And one of those aspects that is expended is that it has sent its elite guard, the Purple Dragons, uh, to, quote, rehabilitate and re and and support neighboring countries. Some might call it a soft occupation, and it really doesn't bother, it doesn't matter to you because uh, in the absence of the Purple Dragons, there has had to be a wash of deputizations. And one of those uh, aspect, uh, one of those parts of being deputized is that investigators for difficult or spooky, magical, or monster potential crimes, well, most people don't want to do it, so they find people who would otherwise be known as adventurers to do it. That would be the both of you. Congratulations. You have a job. You have a deputy's badge, and you technically have the backing of the crown. Mm-hmm. That guy gets it. <laughs> oh yeah, crown. Woo! Hey, woo. Yep. And uh, starting to my left, tell me, what is your uh, deputy's name? What do they do? And what led them to take a job working for, ostensibly, the Purple Dragons? Well, listeners, this is Jesus. And if you look upon me, you see a tall but relatively skinny, but, well, relatively skinny for a minotaur, well, minotaur, uh, Light in a light, uh, dark, dark blue robe with a couple of uh, leather straps that I have to keep it in place, holding what is, looks like a pretty ornate-looking quarterstaff. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, being deputized for the Purple Dragons, was it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, basically just because he had nothing else better to do. Uh, he has actually been by himself for a little while learning uh, the ways of being a monk. He doesn't really have a teacher or anything. If, you ask, if anyone asks him, he says, uh, my teacher's the sky. And he doesn't explain it further. It seems obvious to him, but he doesn't know why it's not obvious to anyone else. So he's a monk. He is a monk. So he's a monk minotaur. Interesting. Yes, he is. And what is this monk minotaur's name? His name is Jarun. Jarun. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Just going to hand you guys some folded large index cards for you to put your name onto. I'm shocked I remember so much about this stupid game. Ah, uh, Cormier, such a tiny ass. Oh, yeah, Sembia. Poor Sembia. Mm-hmm. Well, not poor Sembia. They were dicks. Hmm. Taking any of your country was a dick in their own special way. Yeah, Sembia were the ones that flipped and started working for Netherall. Ah, okay. But at the same time, like, if you talk to... I mean, that's one version. The other version is Sembia got blitzed mm-hmm. by mag- by a magical army that no one has seen in in centuries and didn't have a choice. Mm. And they're like, well, we could all be wiped out and be a giant smoking crater, mm. or we could play along and try to survive. Problem is Sembi is not run by a government. Sembi is run by a collection of merchant houses because it is the ruthlessly capitalistic one, mm. which further gets into right. the thing like, okay, maybe some houses wanted to play ball with Netherall to make mm-hmm. money. Others didn't. So, so, from the jump, Sembia was not on great standing with other people. Mm-hmm. And when they started working with Netherall, regardless of their reasons, other countries were like, we always knew they were fucking scumbags. Yep. yep. All right. Thank you very much, Jeroen. So you're doing it because uh, not a lot of work for Minotaurs. Yeah. As Well, there is, but not for the type of work I'm interested in when people look at a minotaur they generally think oh you want to be a bouncer or if you're a criminal go oh a, a, a thug or any type of bruiser type character i'm much more i'm not an intellectual or anything but i want to do something a bit more intellectually stimulating than i punch things in face now i know this is an antiquated question but i would like to know what your character's alignment is ah well uh Ooh, that's the look of a man who didn't write that down on nope, his character nope but if i 
I obviously thought it for body fire, but if I was thinking about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna role play. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let's say it role play slash improv thinking about it right now. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I want to remind you, I was the guy who ran a game where most of you were on the good spectrum and then decided to uh, mangle and mutilate multiple corpses to make some sort of horrifying windmill situation mm-hmm. and then that, no, try no, to argue why that was <clears throat> still on the good spectrum. Chaotic good. <laughs> that's what I'm talking they, about. They, they tried to argue. I, w- I would like to point out that, mm. that a certain character at that point wanted nothing to do with that particular which is wild because yeah. you, A, couldn't talk and B, your answer to everything is wanted, <laughs> wanted destruction. And yes. at that point, you're just like, you're like I, I, I'm just going to wipe my, my claws at this whole thing. Fire okay. consumes, fire purifies. There's nothing pure about what they did. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. And Daniel, why don't you introduce yourself and your character? Why don't I? Uh, so this is Dan, and I am playing fan favorite, everybody's favorite bird boy, Katrick, the Kanku Sorcerer, which is the only character I will play in D&D because I am obsessed with him, and I don't get to play D&D very often, so when I do, I want to play my stupid bird boy that sets things on fire and is descended from phoenixes because his grandma got freaky with one of them, and he has phoenix blood in him. And that means he sets things on fire. But not only does he set things on fire, phoenixes are holy creatures. There's a reason that they have a reputation for rebirth and all that. And that means that his fire burns, purifies. He, look, Katrick, you're right. You're right. He does, he, he does have one solution to everything. Any problem that he finds, he, his answer to it is flame, fire, and burning. If there's an obstacle... It burns. If there is an enemy, they burn. If you are wounded, he sets fire to your wounds, and somehow that actually fucking works. Mm-hmm. And your wounds burn away, and you are healthy once more because he is a divine soul sorcerer. Okay. Or at least I, I yeah, like a 50, at least so he tells himself. Yeah, you got like uh, a 50-50 spread on the mm, burning burning exactly. wounds to make them better situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he tries. Uh, and, and it shows in his in his uh, plumage, if you will, as he, rather than most Kenku, uh, being colored a, a dark uh, black, brown, blue, uh, you know, crow colored, he is more of a sort of golden, white, red uh, feathered, which makes him a bit of an outcast even among his own people. As to why he is uh, has been deputized as part of the, 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 the Purple Dragons, um, well, see, here's the thing. Um, he is a bit of a firebug. Uh, you know, and there are reasons why he's no longer with his people. Um, his people like to, you know, they, they, look. They, they, saying that they like to nest is is racist, kind of. Um, but <laughs> but they do like to, you know, create these 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 sort of perches high up, and they then most of those are made out of wood, which happens to be flammable. Um, sometimes the trick, you know, has very vivid dreams. Anyway, point is, uh, he is no longer allowed to sleep in where the, uh, the rest of his people go. Um, so he kind of set out on his own and, uh, well, the city kind of decided that it's, it's, he, you know, he means, well, he really does, you know, he, he's a good boy. He's just, uh, he just really shouldn't be left too unsupervised. So they tried putting him in a jail cell. Um, three people died in the resulting fire. Hmm. He was found, uh, he was, he was found, uh, not guilty. Again, he had been asleep at the time, but they, uh, they, so I guess they sort of decided, you know what, maybe we can just kind of like keep an eye on him and use him. Uh, and, and he himself, uh, having nothing else to do and needing to get paid and eat because he is still in need of, you know, just food and shelter, uh, decided to take the offer job. All right. Thank you very much. Good trick. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. So we begin this game on a misty early morning here in Faerun. Uh The sun is slowly creeping over the distant hills, and you're walking along a path towards a town called Gwenfell Pass. Gwenfell Pass is a relatively large town. Now, again, it's a town. It's not... N- approaching anything close to a city, but it's bigger than a village. And it recently has called for aid from the Purple Dragons. You don't know for what, but you are often called for things that are scaring locals and a show of uh, 
of, of, of grandiose gestures, of magic, of force, of, of root strength, and, uh, you know, a, a, a dogged sense to justice. So you are going there to meet an associate, Darian, who is a purple dragon's officer. The real deal. You do have to, you do have to interact with, effectively, handlers. Now, the question is, do you two know each other as you walk down this road? Hmm. I have no problem with knowing each other. I mean, we can say maybe like, uh, you know, we, we're both de- we're both deputies. Yeah. We're the same people. We like, were, we're in the same meeting once. Yeah, yeah. We are we are we are aware of each other. Like, okay, yeah, you you work for yeah, we both work for the same you know uh, entity. Yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah. For, for so you're part of a caravan uh, that started from a uh, an actual city many miles away, mm-hmm. and with every stop at a town or with every fork in the road there became fewer and fewer and fewer people. Much like in modern day, if you were taking a bus to somewhere in the middle of nowhere, you would start in a large city and fewer and fewer people would be on the bus. And then eventually it is just, there is a fork in the road and the last person left are the two of you and the person who is running the caravan. And dude on a motorcycle. And dude on a motherfucking bitching ass Harley. Mm-hmm. And eventually it's just the two of you and the man who was running the caravan at the crossroads, tips his hat, says straight ahead, another couple of miles. That will bring you to Gwenfell Pass. Don't know why you're going there. Not much there. But far be it for me to ask uh, what the purple dragons are doing. Thank you for your advice. Mm. He nods walks off to uh, the nearest uh, nearest town with its tavern. Mm-hmm. You are walking down the road. Early, early morning. Your, your caravan left before sunrise. And as you uh, continue a few miles away, it's only a few miles, but the, the tone in the atmosphere is different as you approach what is clearly... Gwenfell's Pass. Gwenfell Pass. Gwenfell Pass is a uh, picturesque town uh, with with thatched roofs and uh, and you know uh, chimneys that are puffing bits of smoke. There is the sound of uh, commerce coming from the center. There are uh, children running in fields near a what is obviously a schoolhouse in the distance. A schoolhouse that is protected by a large uh, sequence of uh, wooden uh, barriers that then leads out into fields that are uh, that are tended to by farmers and have the occasional roaming cow and sheep that are being herded by shepherds. It is a self-sustaining, lovely town. It is, as you know, absolutely the kind of picturesque image that uh, that. Cormier is trying to present to everyone after the war. They're saying, like, this is Cormier. This is absolutely what Cormier is. We are just a, we're just a bunch of, you know, uh, a can-do attitude towns. This is probably the first one where you've seen, at first glance, actually seems like they've been okay through the war. Hmm. Uh, the war has had a lot of problems, what with crypts opening up after supernatural earthquakes have cracked open their long-awaiting tombs and released countless scourges and monstrosities. And, uh, you know, curses have been rained down from the heavens. Fire has erupted. Katrick, maybe that part doesn't actually bother you too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, erupted in, in, in lands that would be uh, too wet to light a fire. And droughts have affected, um, you know, places too marshy to know what a lack of water is. And... You are presented at the gate of, uh, I keep forgetting my name, Gwenfell Pass. And uh, the guard, uh, it's a it's a sturdy gate with a, um, there's not a large solid wall around the town. There is a large, like an, like an enlarged um, banister that you would keep around a pen. So larger wood. 
to keep people out. Hello. Can I help you? Um, oh, my gods. Right. Good day, sir. I am Jarun of the... Pur I am here on behalf of the Purple Dragons. Right, right. Um, one of you folks uh, was already in there. Um, Dairin, he said to expect you and... I don't think I could. Okay. Um, both both you going in then? Uh, yes. Thank you for your service. Oh, no problem. No problem. Let me open up both doors. Of course. Yep. I'll be here watching you. Great. And he nervously opens up, uh, drags open both gates mm -hmm. to let you walk through. Yep. I just walk in. Mm -hmm. Uh, same town as ever. Uh, no big change. Uh, some people notice you mm. both of you fair even yep. yeah i mean it's hard to disguise uh to disguise yourself as a centaur but at minotaur minotaur i'm oh, sorry minotaur unless i grow two extra legs you, sure. I don't know. uh as a minotaur per, uh excuse me um but even if you cloaked yourself could trick you would just look like the scariest dude in a cloak. Yeah, no, no, there's there, there's very little way to hide what Katrick is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you both walk in, and there is that uh, moment where everybody kind of stops, and some children are ushered inside, and then everyone continues to try to act like nothing's wrong, mm -hmm. everything's cool, but they weren't cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I. Try to ignore. I basically make Levi ignoring it. I'm not ignoring. Yeah. It just hurts my feelings. And I basically keep moving towards. Uh, was it the tavern? We of course. There's uh, one place that you're going to meet. Yes, yeah, fair enough. To meet Darwin in a tavern. Yes. I mean, Katrick is is, is friendly as ever. He is he is cheerfully waving at the uh, the town people as as, as they walk by. Mm -hmm. Yep. You look like the visage of death in many cultures. Yes, and but that's is, fine. And mm -hmm. cheerfully waving. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> I've come for you <laughs> to, to protect you. <laughs> uh, all right. And you get to the tavern. Uh, what is the tavern's name? Dan. Uh, Dan and only Dan. I'd hate, yeah, Dan. No, I hate, I hate you. I hate this. Dan. Um, uh, that, I don't know what the fucking country and I have no idea. Country in yeah. country. in. All right. And you get to the country in, I, Sorry to put you on the spot there, Dan, but you I, did. Again, you can ask me, you can keep asking me to come up with names and I will keep being unable to do so. Yeah. Like, we, can, we can just keep this going. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm just asking you because your, your, your toy almost broke Jesus's hand. I'm, I'm not, angry. that's not my fault. I'm, He's the one was throwing, decided like, I want to play some Beat Saber. Woo! <laughs> All right. You brought this on yourself. You I mean, I warned him against playing uh Beat Saber with, uh, uh, on, uh, Rasputin level. <laughs> yeah. It was a little difficult, but I, I think my body didn't survive, but my dignity did. Mm, yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Sure, yeah, sure. I mean, your you, your body will heal. Yes. Dignity is forever. Ever. Yep. Patreon uh, listeners can look forward to that video later oh, on. fuck you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, get the Patreon cut. All right. Um, so you walk into the country and it is a, uh, it's a quiet day. It's the middle of the day. Most people are working except for adventurers mm -hmm. and you will seem to be the only ones in there. And you see a, uh, stout man, um, thickly built, uh, with, uh, ebony black hair and olive tan skin sitting, uh, in complete purple dragon, Attire with the armor and a lance leaning by him, leaning by his side in the corner, drinking a nail. And he waves you over. He stands out like a sore thumb who had a sore thumb, mm -hmm. like a sore thumb that was wearing a, a, a ring. That was the one ring <laughs> that was being hunted by, 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 by dwarves. I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't read those books. <laughs> I hear they made them into movies. Yeah. So I step in, and as a Nazgul, I step forward and say, hey, it's all right. No. No, I step forward and say, uh, and I'm assuming Ketrick is next to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ketrick is following along. Have we met Darren before? Uh, you've heard of him. Okay. Darren, I assume. Uh, yes, 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 yes. You must be Jeroen. I am. And Ketrick? 
Yep, and Katrika is opens to speak and repeats in the exact same voice and tone of voice and everything the orders that he was given. Basically, like when you find this guy, tell him you are from the you know, like he just literally Arr! repeats that in the exact in the voice of the person that told mm-hmm. him because that's what Genku do. Also, that music plays in the background. <laughs> just like, because while you were getting that, the, those <laughs> those orders, there was somebody driving by listening. To yeah, yeah. Like they, they are basically like <clears throat> walking recorders. Yep. Like everything yep. they hear, like, all right, inc- you want the background noise too? All right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, wow. Great. Please, by the gods, sit down, sit mm-hmm. down. Uh, can I get you a libation? Uh, sure, I'll have a beer. Uh, sorry, a mead. Mead, fantastic. Yep. Then he just kind of like taps like same. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, uh, bartender uh, pours him, brings him over. Mm-hmm. So, as you understand, uh, we usually don't call you for uh, run-of-the-mill instances where town guard, the likes of which you've most likely met while coming into the city or the town, uh, they would normally handle things. Except for this particular instance uh, requires a more thorough touch. Um, And he looks around conspiratorially and then leans in. I think what I'm trying to say is that it might involve magic. So Katrick turns slowly towards Katrick. He leans back like he just blew your (laughs) minds. Patrick had been sitting in his seat, and <clears throat> you've you've seen those little like like the bird things that like dip into yeah, the water. Yeah, water. He's kind of doing that <laughs> with his uh, with his uh, uh, you know meat or or beer or whatever they were served, uh, and then he kind of like stops, looks up, opens his beak, which lets a little, a little like just a little puff of steam uh, mm-hmm. from from what he was drinking. And uh, and and now his like his eyes are like sharp, like very interested. Like he's mm-hmm. you know how like birds are like. Mm-hmm. Show me your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> so nice. nice eyes you've got. It's <laughs> great eyes. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like right there. Yep. So not your usual bandits, I see. It gets stranger. Oh, stranger than magic. Shh. Keep your voice down, man. I side eye Kurt Katrick. Ruffles his feathers. So <laughs> keep staring. The people here have been through a lot. Gods know that the the entire country has, but. The people here have rebounded very well. They've been protected from the worst ravages of the war. And the things that did happen were fleeting and on the outskirts. They haven't had a lot of interactions with magic. So when they found someone dead in the corn silo, they suspected foul play. When they found that exact same person dead in a basement across town, they lost their collective podunk minds. I see. So we have an instance of one person who is not known to have a twin being dead twice in two different parts of this town. Now again, an anomaly can be investigated by anyone. But the Purple Dragons do not have a heavy presence here. There aren't a lot of people, armed guards or adventurers, should we have the coin, which we do not, to call upon. Which is why we asked you. You are a culmination of the greatness that is Koromir. You are, you are ambitious. You are industrious. You are powerful. Interested in doing the right thing. I just stare blankly. Yeah, Katrick is like yeah, nodding along. Yeah. He, he he's definitely amenable to all of this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, you are unique and capable of handling yourselves. That's fair. Now, I'm going to be moving on. You are not the only deputies that I have to maintain contact with. So, 
please take this down. Oh, if you guys want. Sure. All right. I got a pen. Okay. There is a dead body mm-hmm. in the corn silo mm-hmm. in the northeast part of town. Mm-hmm. The body's name is Jaren. Jaren was a servant and has no last name. Mm-hmm. Has no family. Caucasian, blonde, slight, male. Quite dead. Mm-hmm. Across town, near the well, Jared was found in a basement for the water processing area of the town. They have a very unique set of machines Mm -hmm. that processes water that help them survive the war. Interesting. Jaren was found floating in this well. Hmm. Jaren worked for Jaren worked for Sarah. Sarah with an H to S A R A H. I ran out of names. <laughs> Who owns the mill? Jaren couldn't read or write. To get into that protected area of the well is strange. He would need to have been able to talk his way through. Because Jaren was mute as well. We can't explain it. That's why you're here. Mm-hmm. What I need you to do, what the crown needs you to do, is to assuage the concerns of the people here. To find out why we have two dead people of the same persons. Catch those responsible. Bring them to justice. All right? When we're done here, I'm traveling along to Onyx. Onyx is but 40 to 50 miles from here. Down the road. This road leads directly to Onyx. The crown will pay you once your job is done. And I am here to give you, and he takes out a small sack, like a, you know, a cloth sack from his uh, coat, puts it down giving you a retainer of 10 silver. Haven't been able to procure you any sort of lodging. And that should be more than enough. We also haven't procured you any way to Onyx. So whatever you spend, make sure that you keep enough for provisions for a 50 mile trip afterwards. And uh, in case you're wondering, the crown does not uh, does not think highly of people of the badge taking gifts from towns for a job well done, or using things that they found while doing their job. You have ten silver. Not. Not a crown more. All right? Mm. I don't want to hear about any sort of um, thank you so much adventurers, please have my goat sort of situations. What would I do with a goat? I don't know, but sometimes that we get goats. We get goats? Goats, rabbits. Mm. I was given a toucan once. That one would have been interesting. I, I didn't take it. How do you explain that to your superiors? I found it. <laughs> so... Keep that in mind. We want these people to know that they can that they can rely on us and that at the end of the day, when their job is done, when our job is done, they have no obligation to pay us any further. All right? Fair enough. Hmm? Do you have any questions? Hmm. No. Uh, two dead bodies in two different parts of town. They uh, seem to be as far as we can be. Have you looked at the bodies yourself? 
Oh, you have not had a chance. I have not. Mm. And his eyes kind of flit to the side. Who wants to give me a uh, charisma or wisdom roll? All right. I need dice. This, is this would be up, an uh, insight roll. I was going to say, yeah, like insight roll. Uh, I can definitely roll insight. Oh, uh, you need dice. Yes. yes. I'll go get dice. I have, I have dice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot we need dice. Yep. I'll, I'll be rolling here. Yep. So. And I know I keep asking you for this 14. every time I come to your place, but can I get some water, please? All right, so you both got 14. Yeah, I got a 10 with my plus four uh, intuition, whatever bonus. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. he got, I think, a nine with his plus five bonus. So okay. 14 in the end for both of us. Beautiful. I mean, God. What am I even pulling up? Um, yeah. Onyx dice. No, what's my dice roll? Oh, Jesus, yeah, it's, a- it's been so long. <sighs> whatever. I'm going to see you guys beat it. Um, um, all right, yeah, so you notice that he is, you, you notice that he nervously glances to the side. He's eager to get the conversation over with. Um, and uh, yeah, says, uh, so there are no other questions that would be, that will be all. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Katrick um, kind of uh, leans forward and says, in the voice of a small child, friends? As intimate, and, you know, he's like and, and pointing at uh, on uh, on was it Jarod uh, Jarun's uh, on Jarun's note where the uh, the victim's name has been like written down. Like he's basically asking, did he, did the victim have? I any think friends? he's trying to say if the victim had any friends. Oh, um, uh, yes, uh, I understand he did. He played cards occasionally. Uh, with some individuals. Uh... Ah, see, right? Coming up with names, right? Huh? <laughs> huh? Oh, no, no, he looks, he looks around. <laughs> Sistine, the junior head of guard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's on their way right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ignore the uh, 49 gold pieces that I have in my equipment <laughs> from previous adventures. Hmm. Otherwise, like, you've given us 10 silver. Well, that's fine. Mm-hmm. 49 gold. They can buy this whole town. Hmm. Shit. Put it down in the other room. Jesus, what is the name of the kid who died? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I was about to say corn silo. Jaren. Jaren. Fucking, I think I just threw it away when I went into the kitchen. <laughs> threw away my note. <clears throat> All right. Jaren was known to play cards with Sistine. Uh, in the silo. Very well. Unless Katrick has any more hmm? questions. Then uh, I think we are done. Uh, for now, we will investigate this crime, and then we'll, once we solve it, when we will, we'll go to Onyx? Yes, Onyx. Onyx. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a larger town. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't miss it. And where will you be, in the tavern over there? Just ask for me. I'll be in the uh, barracks. All right. Yes. Try not to ruffle up the locals. And you got 14. He's not... He's not saying something. He's not lying to you. But he's not saying something. He seems to be, if you didn't know better, a good cop, but doesn't want to lie to you. So he's collecting his things. Right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, um, uh, what was his fucking name again? Uh, Dorian. Dorian. Or Dar- Darian or Dorian? Dar- <coughs> Dar- My Dar- handwriting, Darian. 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 Y- yes. Yes. Can I ask you something? You just did. <laughs> Is there anything you haven't told us yet? Mm. Uh, within the parameters of the mission. Anything relevant to the mission? Okay. This is not officially on the record. This is not part of the synopsis of the mission. But I had friends who used to come through here when they were on their way to Onyx. They always said 
that the people here were somewhat strange and things here were very normal in the fact that they were very, but they were cloistered away. When the war happened, there were virtually no reports or calls for aid from here, which luck of the draw, most likely they simply didn't have any rampaging creatures. Orcs didn't notice that they were here. Nothing. They could have been lucky. Or it's so normal, there's something, there has to be something abnormal about it. I haven't sensed a single thing. And he holds up his hand, his left hand, and takes off his gauntlet and shows you a ring on his finger. And it's the signet ring of the purple dragons. And you know these signet rings are bound to their individual owners, and they are basically the badge's badge. Like, you can take everything else off the table. A person shows you this signet ring, and it sounds like, it's like somebody walking into a room and saying, like, FBI. Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it has a weight to it. This has not glowed since I walked in here. And that includes sitting next to your friend. You should be glowing. Or I should know that you are magical. Can I try uh, a quick uh, cantrip? Basically? Yeah, a, a quick... And a quick I like, him on fire. How dare you say I'm not magical? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so I'm assuming there's there's probably like a torch somewhere inside, like you know, lighting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I just want to do like a quick control, like see if I can make the flame dance. Do a control flames, which is I can just make All it right. move. You're or, gonna have to roll it, and it's gonna be a difficulty twelve. Uh, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> I mean, technically it just works, but yeah, correct. <coughs> but again, this is situation it just there. works. Mm -hmm. yeah, so uh, so you you just flippantly try to like. <coughs> I'm sorry. No problem. You flippantly just try to cast the spell. So am, I, a, so am I casting this as effectively as a, as a spell attack, or am I using it as, a, as like an arcana roll or something? Um, your arcana is, is a arcana, skill that you arcana, have. Yeah, arcana is more about some intelligence check. Measure your ability. Sorry. <clears throat> your ability to recall lore about spells. The pain. It's, it's no, a lore would, thing. It's no, a lore this, thing. No, so this is just a, a magical power thing. Correct. So yeah. like so your charisma, as I think that's... Yeah, yeah it's, so I'm, I'm rolling it as a magical attack. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's... Uh, Roll an 18. 12 plus 6, because my, my magical attack bonus is plus 6. It, it will be a cold day in mm -hmm. whatever hell, bird hell, mm -hmm. uh, your people believe in. They call it the roost. When you, <laughs> when you can't cast a spell, but you flick your wrists, you know, half-heartedly, absent-mindedly, and nothing happens. Hmm. And after a second attempt, when you will it to happen, it does. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gatrick looks seems concerned about that. So clearly, his magic work. You you see like the mm -hmm. the flame basically like rises up like a foot higher. The kind of like splits into two kind of looks like little wings. You know, just mm. for just like you know a few little visual effects, and then it goes back to normal. So his magic clearly works. But right. like you see that like. I mean, you, know, you don't know. You have really haven't seen him do much yeah. magic. But yeah, like you see exactly that. Like he he tries like. And yeah, like the you know, pauses, does a double take, and then kind of like focus a little bit more, and that's when his. his Did you magic have a little works. difficulty there? <laughs> he opens his beak, and in the voice of a gruff man, like, it happens to lots of guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, and as you look down, um, uh, Darian's ring glows, uh, reflects the flame, like becomes the flame around his finger, and then a reflection like a sea-nigh stone of Katrick is reflected in the ring, and then it dies down and becomes its normal uh, pale purple, uh, pale purple self. And it happens in such a, a, you know, a blink of an eye. But basically, the ring just snitched mm -hmm. on a, on a spell yeah. being cast, and you're like, all oh, right, that's why people are fucking terrified of the purple dragons. Mm -hmm. Like, their, their basic equipment is... Find the spellcaster, yeah, mm -hmm. like witch hunter, yeah, exactly. Yep. So, there's something here that is, if not outright removing, so it's at least dampening them somehow. Interesting. As Darren puts his gauntlet back on, hopefully, this is just 
some sort of, I don't know. Magic is wild. It is, as the war has taught us, it is something to be feared. And only the most audacious of us would say we control it entirely. Mm. Hopefully. And he shrugs. Maybe it's just one of those things. Why not? I mean, I've been to a town who has a spring running from a stone that goes into the ground. It's fresh water, but it only happens one hour every day. No idea why. Entire town based around it because they get all the fresh water they want hmm. for an hour every day. Just pours the stuff out. Couldn't get enough of it. Uh, I've been to a, I've been to a cavern where the gravity reverses. No <clears throat> nefarious spell. No curse. It's just. You walk in, you hit your head on what used to be the floor. Hmm. Sometimes it happens. Hopefully, this is what this is one of those times. I shall see. Either way, we have a murder to solve. Thank you for your information. Thank you for your service. All right. God's speed. May the queen watch over you and and I say this because I've looked into your files. I know you used to be adventurers. Don't break anything. I'm not going to break anything that belongs to a villager. We're not monsters. <laughs> Says the Minotaur. Yeah. <laughs> <After> <laughs> he looks like a trick. Yeah. <laughs> and a shrug. Yeah, it's like a shrug from Katri. Like, I just met this guy. <laughs> That's what I thought. Anyways, I have to put that in my report. I did what I could. Thank yes. you. Good day. Nice. Uh, don't worry, I'll, let me take your china. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll collect the glass. <laughs> All right, and he walks out. Right. Pays for the drinks, walks out. Okay. I take a finish off my mead. So, it's already it's morning, you said, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's still like an early morning. I guess we have a lead. We should talk to this, was it Sistine, was it? Perfect. Uh, is the bartender there? Mm-hmm. Well, before Sistine. I mean, we were adventurers. We always like to ask the bartender first. Oh. So I head over to the bartender. All right. Uh, she's a, a red-headed uh, Asian woman with... Uh, I don't want to use the term curvaceous. Um, she is... I think it's the word she's a looker. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's the kind of bartender you look at, like... And you're like, oh, okay, I see. You you, you know exactly what this is. <laughs> um, and, you know, you walk up and you're like, I I know the game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to order my drink and go. I'm not one of your rubes. And then you walk away and be like, oh, she thought I was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, she is standing there in, uh, you know, just a, 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 a not, almost said a cape and cowl. Uh, in a, <laughs> She's um, Batman. Yeah, in, a, in like a butcher's apron. Mm -hmm. And she looks up at you. How can I help you? Hello, I am... We are under the employ of the Purple Dragons. Yeah, I noticed. Mm -hmm. Wow. And we're, I try to stop myself from smiling for a second. <clears throat> so but, does he work for you? No, no. We work for him. We're under his employ to help with the current crime you're aware of. Sure thing. And he paid for your drinks? Okay. You're really good at your job. <laughs> <laughs> and she stops. Looks around. What do you need, cop? What you know about the murder. What murder? Or potential murder. Or potential crime. Two men are dead. Two men that are exact same copies of each other. She uh, finishes. She finishes cleaning out a, a large mug, puts it on the counter, and takes out a copper shilling, copper coin, and puts it into the cup. <sighs> what murder? It's one of those. Uh, I go into. I I don't use the ten silvers. I, I do have a couple of copper. Options. Just pour all ten silvers in <laughs> no, there. Fuck no. Buy yourself a house, lady. I put in two <laughs> coppers. Okay. Tell me about Jaren. Now, I'm not the where he was born, etc. Anything strange that has happened in the last couple of days? Anything that weird that he has been doing? Anything at all? Jaren's a good kid. He, um, 
he works at the mill. Uh, sometimes he does some odd jobs. He he uh, gets groceries for people. He will uh, root out rats in basements. He'll get rid of raccoons in yards. And he's just always happy to. Yeah, there's like a awesome hot. Sometimes he works as a truck driver on the side. Oh my god, is that still going? Still going. Yeah, there's some hot honk. There's a lot going on out there tonight. Also, a potential plane crash upon us. So he's always willing to help. He's always eager to help. And because of that, he's well taken care of. But he, uh, I heard he's turned up missing. I'm talking to you confirms it. Mm. If you wound up dead, then the thing is, nobody had any reason to do anything crazy. We're not that kind of town. Most of the things are just settled, squashed, leave it alone. We're not a large town. Somebody can't go missing. Life's too short. We just survived a war. Is there any reason anyone would be near the corn silo? He would be near the corn silo or the well? Sometimes he would sleep at the corn silo. Mm. He worked there and he would sleep here, or he would sleep at the corn silo. He would sleep downstairs here, or he would, you know, sleep sometimes at the church. Which denomination? Mm-hmm. Which denomination? Uh, Child of Light. And obviously they're not going to turn him away, but because of that, he, uh, he never had to actually buy things. He had places to stay. Everyone liked him, looked out for him. He looked out for the town. We're going to miss him. Hmm. He's only been gone for a week. Already it just feels quieter. Hmm. Well, all I can assure you is that we'll find out exactly what happened. Drickana looks up at him like, Really? We can assure her this? <laughs> doesn't say that, but his expression is like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Confident over here. <laughs> All right. I appreciate that. Very well. Is there anyone he knew especially well? Any friends? I mean, Sistine, closest thing. <clears throat> People always said, uh, <laughs> joke was maybe she kept him out of trouble. And, uh, the joke was maybe he was her best snitch. <laughs> Where can we find a sister? She's at the barracks. Huh? Well, um, if you find anything out, Copper, you uh, stop by here. Let me know. Of course. Have a good day. And I put in one more copper. <laughs> and I walk out. And she leans forward. Big spender. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> back, just immediately, like a switch going yeah, off, yeah. like back on the job. Yep. You're like, well, I mean, I do, I be, do get compensated pretty well. Oh my god, <laughs> you are really good. Have you thought about being a bard? <laughs> All right. Yep. Where do you guys go? Uh, unless Kritrick has another idea. Unless Kritrick has another idea, I'm heading to the barracks. Yeah. No, Kritrick is following along. He, he was like, yeah, heading towards the barracks yep. as well. So. All right. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go off to. The barracks. All right. So you're going over to the barracks. Yes, you yes are, we are. Uh, the barracks are an imposing structure, uh, especially for the surrounding. <laughs> I think our mind is just turning off the fact that we need to turn it off because it's so nice and cool. Oh, God, it's just really nice. Isn't it? Let's enjoy the next five minutes. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you're going to the barracks. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. All right. So the barracks are an imposing structure structure especially for the surrounding area it is a uh, brick and mortar where mm-hmm. as a lot of the surrounding buildings are wood planks and wood beams um that was weird uh, is that still yeah, okay yeah. Right, yeah we're still recording okay mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i don't okay, know what yeah. that was but yeah and uh <clears throat> you are uh, approaching a arched doorway with two massive wooden steel or iron reinforced doors 
and there are two guards on either side, and a slot opens up in the center. <laughs> Who are you, and why do you approach? I am Jeroon. This is Katrick. We are in the employ of the Purple Dragons, and we need to ask questions to a Sistine about the current investigation of the death of Jaren. Present your writ. I do. All right. Just open yep. up the paper and yep. hand it to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very well. And he hands it back to you mm-hmm. through the slot. Yeah. Patrick Strick uh, does the same, except uh, uh, the camera shows as he opens his bag that he has like five copies of the same writ because that's what Kenku do. Fuck like, I he, forgot. He's, been, oh, I forgot. he's just been practicing it. Like, he has the official one, yeah. but he's just like, eh, you know, that's what you do when you've got some free time. Yep. You just make forgeries. Yep. That, I forgot that Kenku can, our master forgeries, are basically mm-hmm. like, yeah, just any document that they they just look at, they're like, I, mean, I can make it. I can make, <laughs> make one yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah. Katrick actually technically outranks you for like, by like a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, and he opens the door, and you are led into a long hallway, again, like, cobblestone floors, and... Wow. Jeez. That's impressive. Okay, Would you that? let him out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, that was Almost got through an entire description. Yeah. And you are led into uh, a grandiose center hall with a chandelier on top, and there's a second floor balcony that surrounds it, and there is a large stone table in the far end by the only windows. The rest of the illumination is done by uh, torch light and candles. And the windows are barred with uh, iron slats. And there is a woman uh, sitting there in full armor, in full, well, leather armor looking over documents, bored, uh, with a decanter and a drink by her side. Mm-hmm. So David can do this in character as well. Nice. And you notice, by the way, sorry, this is important, uh, no roll necessary, no ice. That's important because it is not difficult to find a latent magician to make ice. It's kind of mm-hmm. a, a, a point of of stature in virtually any place you go to with more than like 500 people mm-hmm. and nothing. It's all very, there is water next to mm-hmm. uh, that she uh, next door where she, that she is mixing with uh, what looks like to be uh, some sort of brown liquor. Hmm. I step forward in front of the desk. How can I help you? Sistine, I presume. Yes, you must be the Purple Dragon Deputy. I am Darun. This is Katrick, and you are correct. Good. You presented your writ at the front? Of course. Good. Present it again, please. I do so. Okay. She looks Mm -hmm. over it. I know this dance. I've been been with the Purple Dragons long enough to know this dance. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. She gives them back. Brings the drink to her lips. All right. What in particular are you here for again? Jaren. Damn shame. It wasn't me who put in the request for uh, for reinforcements. Mm. She rolls her eyes. But the uh, local chapel, Children of the Light, thought that it was necessary to bring attention to what they said is a horrible misgiving of the glory that is the light within us all. Look, we all liked him. He wound up dead. And nobody feels that more than me. But you're wasting your time. We're going to catch the person who did this. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Fandible, where our heroes learned that true power doesn't come from strength or magic, it comes from being a minotaur and a magical fire-slinging bird. If you liked this, then head on over to Fandible.com. We've done a lot of games, and I'm sure there's something there you'll like. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Discord. If you find a few dollars burning a hole in your pocket, then go to Patreon forward slash Fandible and become a member. 
You get early releases and access to special Discord chats, and we get to keep the lights on. Finally, please give us a rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It's super helpful, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.